Welcome to the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. I'm Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, author of the book 50 Things They Don't Want You to Know About Trump, filling in for Alex Marlowe today. On today's podcast, Joe Biden's legislative agenda is dead on arrival, as West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin says he will not vote for Biden's massive $5 trillion spending bill. This probably means Joe Biden's presidency is effectively done. Elsewhere, I also discussed Biden's border crisis. It's as bad as it's ever been. Custom and Border Protection reportedly apprehended more than 173,000 illegal immigrants crossing the southern border in November, marking the worst November in DHS history. Between the drug smuggling, sex trafficking, human and gun smuggling, you add it all up and our communities are under siege. Hell, America's under siege. The cartels are getting rich while Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they're MIA. We're going to be featuring Monica Crowley. She served as Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Treasury under President Donald Trump. Monica and I talked about uh, Democrats being in disarray and where they go from here. Monica also highlighted ways Republicans can capitalize on Joe Biden's agenda, crushing voters. But first, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed. Everything is getting expensive. We're in the biggest economic crisis since 2008, with a government that's printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are at the highest we've seen in 30 years. Inflation is certainly here to stay. And if the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. So how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA, and they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-670-7660. That's 866-670-7660. Or text ALEX to 65532. Again, that's 866-670-7660. Or text ALEX to 65. We will begin there. I think it goes without saying that Joe Biden's presidency is effectively done. Build Back Better was his signature legislation and the massive $5 trillion uh, Bill is officially dead now. Uh, Joe Manchin uh, came out on Fox News Sunday. It was it was it wasn't really heavily uh, touted. I mean, I, I I'm looking at CNN now, uh, and they are talking about the Omicron variant. Uh, shocking news, but I remember seeing Brett Baer. I think tease that Joe Manchin would be exclusively on the Fox News. Fox News Sunday, which Brett Baer would be taking over 
uh, hosting duties because Sunday's program was the first uh, Fox News Sunday in 18 years that Chris Wallace wasn't going to be on there. And boy, was it a fireworks show. I'll just let you hear it from the man himself, producer Haley Cut Two. Without you, the leadership doesn't have the votes it needs. So today, right now, what's the state of play? Well, Brad, you know, this is a mammoth piece of legislation, and I had my reservations from the beginning when I heard about it five and a half months ago, and I've been working diligently every day and every minute of every day. I've been working on this, meeting with whether it be the president, President Biden, whether it be Majority Leader Schumer and his staff, whether it would be with Nancy Pelosi, all of my colleagues, I mean, from all different spectrums of the political spectrum, if you will, from the right to the left. I've done everything humanly possible. And you know my concerns I had, and I still have these concerns, and where I'm at right now, the inflation that I was concerned about. It's not transitory. It's real. It's harming every West Virginian. It's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs, the cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bills. All of these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. And you start looking and then then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying at $29 trillion. You have also the geopolitical unrest that we have. You have the COVID, the COVID uh, variant. And that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, uh, I've always said this, Brett, if I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. He alluded to it twice. The voters, um, the citizens of his state, Joe Manchin State, West Virginia, he alluded to them twice and he ended on that point, which makes me believe that his support for this bill and there were other Senate Democrats, but Joe, Joe Manchin was giving them cover. Kirsten Sinema for a time, but she's sort of faded away into obscurity. I would contend that Joe Manchin has been out on supporting Joe Biden's Build Back Better since before Thanksgiving. Our own Neil Monroe's headline, Joe Manchin's West Virginia voters oppose Build Back Better spending bill by a margin of seven to three. Neil Monroe was reporting on a poll uh, from Mark Blankenship at MBE Research. Nearly three-fourths, 74% of West Virginia voters agree Senator Joe Manchin should oppose President Biden's multi-trillion dollar reconciliation spending bill uh, in favor of legislation that would control spending. Joe Manchin said it himself, inflation, and he had been telegraphing this for weeks it's 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 shocking the system, the sticker shock. It's crushing people, especially people on the margins. So not surprising and not shocking, um, but similarly important. I think Joe, Joe Manchin, um, in a rare example of, of statesmanship, has done not only a good thing, obviously, for, uh, <laughs> You know, 74 percent of West Virginians who have, who 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 agree with him. But for this country, it's it's very important to note what Joe Manchin has, has saved us all from effectively with his now certain opposition to to Joe Biden's Build Back Better uh, legislation. I mean, this thing, this legislation, which, again, has not even been written, the, the actual bill text itself started from. Uh, Vermont socialist senator Bernie Sanders's office. He's the budget chair. Yes, a socialist is the United States budget chair in the Senate. And his office began crafting this bill with a price tag that began at three and a half trillion dollars. 
And again, that wasn't even the Congressional Budget Office scoring. That was just like the Senate Democrat conference saying, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> here it is with all of our goodies in it. And it's going to cost three and a half trillion dollars. The thing could have actually cost over 10 years, 10 trillion dollars for all we know. So if it started from Socialist Senator Bernie Sanders's office, you know that, it, of course, when you started to dig deeply into the bullet points of the bill, it was a backdoor for the Green New Deal. Billions of dollars, billions of dollars in, in quote unquote, investing in clean energy. I mean, it would have dramatically raised the cost of, of energy costs in this country. The, the Democrats and the far left, and the American left want to move us away from fossil fuels even though that it is a plenty in this country, from shale to coal, you name it. We have it here. We, can, we have the best technology. Uh, corporations in this country, they're not perfect, but many of them in this sector um, have spent the most money in technology and actually extracting this natural resource from the ground in a safer way, certainly safer than, than China or Saudi Arabia, or Russia, for that matter. But the American project, the American left project, is to move us away from fossil fuels and to, into more you know, uh, inefficient wind turbines and solar panels that are probably being uh, manufactured with slave labor over in China, by the way. We would have been facing enormous environmental trade-offs, more expensive subsidies, paid for by you and I in higher fuel costs to heat our homes and to fuel our cars. We're all be ready being crushed every time you pull up to a gas station. This thing was chocked full of payoffs to the same Democratic constituencies like labor unions. We would have been paying for those electric uh, cars that Pete Buttigieg thinks that is actually a financial boon if you buy an electric car instead of filling up your car with gas. Twelve and a half thousand dollars for every union manufactured vehicle. I mean, make no mistake, as, as, as much as the unions have been battered here over uh, the last two decades, certainly they are still lockstep with the Democrats in Congress whenever they need to be. And the backdoor deals were being hammered out night and day. And in this bill, if it had seen the light of day and actually made it to Joe Biden's desk, Union labor to manufacture an electric vehicle car would have been the prize. So twelve and a half thousand dollars for a union made electric car, as opposed to seven thousand five hundred dollars in subsidies for a non-union labored uh, manufactured electric car. That's the fleece <laughs> that was happening just in one aspect of this bill doesn't even get to the so-called social infrastructure. I mean, it feels like it was five years ago, but that was sort of the poll tested and PR shop approved phrase that you just heard There's human infrastructure. And there's no such thing as free, but they were touting it. All of it is a free expansion of broadband and free child and pre-K education, an expansion of the income tax credit, subsidized housing, a national paid leave program. Senator Joe Manchin specifically opposed to all of that and the national paid leave program. He talked about inflation. And so this from the Citizens Against Government Waste, the outline that would 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 have been in the Build Back Better bill uh, for health care subsidies. It included price controls on drugs that would devastate America's global lead and bio 
uh, pharmaceutical research and development and investment in dental vision and healthcare coverage and Medicare, even though these benefits are already provided in the more modern and comprehensive Medicare Advantage plan. The Build Back Better Act would also have established Medicaid programs for able-bodied, childless adults in states that wisely chose not to adopt Medicaid expansion under the uh, Obamacare because of the enormous cost of the expansion that would add to those state budgets and negatively affect uh, it had on cr- uh, crowding out access to health care for those in the program that it that it's supposed to benefit, including children, pregnant women and low income seniors. The Build Back Better Act would have also made permanent increases to premium subsidies under Obamacare that that went directly uh, to insurers and benefited high income families. So the thing would have just massively been an expansion of Obamacare. I didn't even mention the fact that big business, huge corporations were behind this because of the amnesty of millions of illegal immigrants that they also tried to sneak into this thing. Uh, three times even, but the, the, the immigration expansions would have gone beyond uh, the $6.5 million amnesty, which has just been a huge boon to the Green New Deal agenda, a huge infusion of government expansion and more subsidies. I mean, just on and on and on and on. It's, it's hard to understate the, 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 the bullet that we have dodged here in the present that Joe Manchin, uh, on behalf of the silent, cowardly Democrats, who remained quiet while Joe Manchin went out there and took all the slings and arrows. It's hard to overstate how huge of a Christmas gift this is. Again, I think uh, if you know any West Virginians or if there are any under the sound of my voice right now, kudos to you. Kudos to you because, again, Joe Manchin had been telegraphing this for months and he said it right there. Now, the fallout, uh, as you might imagine, uh, was... Uh, intense, I think, is 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 the proper word uh, to use there. Joe Pollock doing a ra- a roundup of all of the angry anger and the fire and brimstone from Democrats, media pundits, and Hollywood stars. Just just all you know, just they're all synonyms. The entire American left um, just blew a lid. Uh, Rolling Stone, Joe Pollock writes, for instance, published an article titled Joe Manchin just tore out the heart of the Biden agenda. Uh, The Rolling Stone went on to explain Build Back Better was the centerpiece of Biden's domestic plans. It's done. That's what Joe Manchin did. Was it Raiders of the Lost Ark? When the uh, the heart got ripped out of the chest? I know it happened in Eddie Murphy's uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. The opening scenes there, uh, Wes Craven directed classic 1996, I think. Eddie Murphy just rips out the heart of this Italian mob boss. And it's just bleeding in Eddie Murphy's hand. That was that's if you can imagine, if you can picture. I know it's terrible for radio, especially if you're not a fan of of, uh, of, of vampire movies. But just imagine Eddie Murphy holding a beating heart in his hand. That is Joe Manchin. Uh, the beating heart is Build Back Better. You get it. I mean, Jennifer Rubin. All uh, just the cast of clowns that you might expect. David Brooks. David Brooks said, did Joe Manchin really just cripple the Biden administration to make a second Trump term much more likely? Really? Leave it to David Brooks to make it about Trump. What the hell does Trump have to do with Joe Manchin being an actual statesman and saying hell no to Joe Biden's ridiculous atrocity of, of, of a bill, quote unquote. Jennifer Rubin, this woman has completely lost her mind. She said, if Manchin is 
no on both Build Back Better and voting. Oh, by the way, yes, they wanted to do the John Lewis Voting Rights Act would have completely nullified any state. You know, the, the, the Constitution says that voting is up to the states. This John Lewis voting rights thing would have completely nullified any state's power in actually having control over their elections. No photo IDs if you don't want them. 16-year-olds being able to vote. Yeah, yeah, it's all in there. Uh, so that's also effectively dead because Joe Manchin's like a no on that. And I'm sure there are other Democrats as well who didn't want to sign up for, you know, in, in, uh, federalizing um, elections in this country. But the base of the Democrat Party, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. I mean, it, it's it's done. I mean, the, the disillusionment and the, the, across the board for the the Democrats base right now. And I do mean it's it's big business corporate uh, donors as well. I mean, these people were salivating for the immigration and amnesty expansions that would have been in BBB. Mark Zuckerberg and his Ford U.S., which is basically like a conglomerate of other big business nonprofit interests. Their bodies are blue. I mean, they're dead inside right now. Jennifer Rubin, if Manchin is no on both BBB and voting, Biden is done. Democracy is hanging by a thread. Hard to think of anyone more destructive. Uh, One of our favorites in Hollywood, Rosanna Arquette, quote, I'm so sick of destructive Republicans like Joe Manchin. Scott Dorkin, I think he's like a, a Democrat strategist or something, whatever the hell that means. He said, I sure as hell didn't vote for Manchin. Do you live in West Virginia? <laughs> it's probably the best example of the meltdown on the left in response to Joe Manchin killing Joe Biden's legislative Virginia in, in Build Back Better it was Ilhan Omar. Uh, she was on MSNBC. Cut three. I can't get there. Brett Baer, the anchor, says, you're done. Manchin says, this is a no. On this legislation, I have tried everything I know how to do. Uh, your response to that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we all knew that uh, Senator Manchin couldn't be trusted. Um, you know, the, the excuses that he just made, um, I think, are complete bullshit. Um, it is really disheartening uh, to hear him say that he has been trying to get there for the people of West Virginia um, uh, because that's a complete lie. <laughs> that's it. That's all they have left. I mean, you, do you hear the intonation in her voice? This woman sounds like she's she's just been in bed for weeks. I'm telling you that the, the, the left has been gutted and, and it was one man, again, probably standing up for a handful of Senate Democrats who were just too afraid of the media, too afraid for, for, of the leftists in Hollywood, too afraid of social media to actually come out and stand up. But there he was, the senior senator from West Virginia. I think he's the senior senator. Joe Manchin uh, doing, doing uh, good work for the United States Congress. Um, you know, it just feels like the, probably one of the themes of this show will be one step forward, two steps back, because the numbers were leaked on Friday, but officially came out uh, later that evening. Last month's uh, Custom and Border Pro Protection reporting the apprehensions at our southern border. Uh, another record-breaking month. More than 173,000 illegal immigrants crossed uh, the southern border in November, making it the worst November Uh, at the border in Department of Homeland Security history. 
The number represents uh, more than a doubling of the previous record for November, which came in fiscal year, that is October to October, uh, which came in fiscal year 2000, when the number of apprehensions at the southern border was just over 76,000. So we went from a record of 76,196 apprehensions in November of 2000 to 173,000 border crossings. This, in my estimation, is going to probably be in the top three worst uh, occurrences to happen in this country. I mean, at this point, we're up to 1.6, 1.7 million people who have just been completely released into the country, whether they were apprehended at the border and ordered to show up to a DHS or immigration office to be issued a notice to appear. That is to say, here is a slip with your court, uh, your immigration court date. Please return to this address on this date. Nine in 10 of the people given these issues to appear never actually show up in court because, of course, they don't. Because, you know, if law enforcement in this country worked on an honor system, then we would have no prisons and we would have no jails and there would be no no need for courts or juries or grand juries or prosecutors or the police, for that matter. Or uh, better yet, we'd need more police in this country, because if 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 the justice system worked on an honor system, as it as it appears that our immigration system does, then we would have no country. And essentially, that is the American left project, is for us to not have a country. Alejandro Mayorkas, the, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, essentially works for the murderous cartels in Mexico, because he and his agency are just a conduit for murderous cartels. And that is what these numbers mean. It's a 140% increase from November 2020, that 173,000 uh, apprehensions at our border. It's a 221% increase from the average number of Novembers. I mean, this thing accounts for the last, it's more, it's more uh, that 173,000 apprehensions at the southern border is more than the previous three Novembers combined, those being under the Trump administration. That number doesn't even, you know, include the gotaways, which has to be hard to track. That is people who are encountered by Border Patrol but are not apprehended by Border Patrol. They get away. Lots of times there are groups of these people who are being guided by Mexican cartel funded coyotes. I mean, pe these people drown. They die. They're pushed down. They, they die in starvation trying to make it over into the country. According to Border Patrol's officials, the Gataways count 273, 112 illegal immigrants escaped uh, Customs and Border Patrol between January 20th and, uh, and, and, and August 31st. So over a quarter million Gataways. You have to assume that those people are right here in this country, probably in your community. God only knows where they are from. And I'm not kidding because Border Patrol says that they have apprehended some people from some 100 different countries. Just last week, our own Randy Clark of Breitbart, Texas reporter reported that the, the Yuma sector uh, uh, on the border, its agents apprehended people from 30 different countries in just one week. And you know, Joe Biden has never been to the border. I, there's no record of him ever actually visiting the border.
our border czar, Kamala Harris, this woman hasn't visited the border in six months. It, it, this doesn't speak to the fact um, that eight in 10 of the women and girls who make the trek from the triangle countries in, in, in Central and South America, yeah, they're raped on their way to the United States. The DHS uh, and HHS uh, agents are under Trump were just put in these facilities when Border Patrol agents would just bust these people to these facilities. You had HHS officials, uh, medical uh, 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 agents with training just just to test the women, just test them, give them rape kits and pregnancy tests. This, again, speaks nothing of the fact that, you know, if if our hospitals are overrun, as, as the media continuously tells us that they are. Well, if you have hundreds of thousands a month of, of new people coming into the country from dozens and dozens of countries across the, the world, these people, we have to assume, are not unvaccinated. We weren't even testing them for coronavirus, let alone administering vaccinations of them. I'm pretty sure that that has to do maybe with something to do with, with the, the, the state of the coronavirus in this country right now. It, it speaks nothing of, of the fact that Families Against Fentanyl just put out a report a couple of weeks ago saying that fentanyl poisoning poses a serious threat to the American public life, killing more people last year than suicide, cars, car accidents and gun violence combined. Over 100,000 drug overdose uh, deaths last year. Record, record numbers. That after the number had fallen for the first time in 30 years, just a few years ago under Trump. This speaks nothing of the fact that, yes, meth, marijuana, cocaine, fentanyl, heroin, it's all being smuggled. The bodies, uh, the human trafficking, the, the sex trafficking is all rampant. But the rise and the spikes that we've seen of drugs coming over the border, this is all happening. I don't remember. I watch CNN and MSNBC all day because I just have to know where the bleeding heart of the of the American left is. They don't even report on this stuff. And it's happening all under our nose. We get distracted with the the, the notion of a bill that, you know, may not even have had a chance to pass being officially killed. But I have to also focus on the fact that under Joe Biden, and his immigration policies, our communities are under siege. America itself is under siege. And the president and Kamala Harris are completely MIA. But of course they are, because this is the American left's project. This is their long term plan to to fill this country with people who don't care about our laws, who don't care about our values, who don't care about our, our way of life. And it doesn't matter to Democrats how many women and boys and girls are raped, how many people die on the trek to this country. It doesn't matter to Democrats what actually happens, what, what your community looks like when, with the influx of thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people who I think we all want to have a shot at a better life, but by breaking our laws and, 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 and crossing into this country illegally, is certainly not the way to do it. But, the, but again, Democrats don't actually care. The national media doesn't actually care. The idiots in Hollywood, the big corporations funding the Democratic apparatus don't actually care about that. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't actually care about the plight of these people. 
And our country is slowly being transformed from the inside out. It's again, like you have to remember in November and hopefully that the next election, which can't come fast enough, will be a reckoning on this. Did you know there's a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than two million members and counting? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, AMAC has become one of the most impactful conservative organizations in America. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. Stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining right now at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Breitbart. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. Join today at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. Welcome back. Breitbart News Daily, Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, filling in for Alex Marlowe. As promised, joining the program right now, Monica Crowley. Monica served as Assistant Secretary of the United States Treasury under President Trump. You can follow her at Monica Crowley. Monica, it's a pleasure uh, to have you on. Hi, Jerome. So good to be with you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I, I probably too heavily uh, quoted you in a couple chapters in my first book, uh, but you did dutiful work exposing the dossier and the Democrats funding it. Uh, and so this, this, this for me is a pleasure. And you coming on the program, uh, I think, comes at a time where the American people, uh, lovers of liberty and freedom in this country, uh, got an early Christmas present uh, hand delivered uh, by Joe Joe Manchin when he effectively killed uh, any any chance that Joe Biden's Build Back uh, Better bill would see the light of day. Um, the fallout was incredible, um, but I think uh, that the country owes Joe Manchin, but I think more importantly, the people of West Virginia, um, a bit of gratitude. But uh, what was your take on it? Yes. Well, thank you for the nice words, Jerome. That's very kind of you. Yeah, Christmas came early for America, or I should say the vast majority of Americans who didn't want this socialist spending monstrosity that actually would have changed the very nature of the relationship between government, the economy, and the individual, which was the whole point. Right. I mean, we all have to understand that when you hear the left, and the left is now driving the Democratic Party. So we're, we're no longer talking about the party of JFK or even Bill Clinton. This is now a party that is largely driven by Marxist revolutionaries. And their whole objective is to change the very fabric and nature of this country. 
So when we talk about what they put forward in terms of legislation or a policy agenda, we need to understand that it's never for them about policies that actually work for the American people, work for the American worker, work for America's small businesses. It's not about that for them. It is strictly ideological, and it is about what President Obama once said, the fundamental transformation of the nation. So that's what this $5 trillion social spending bill was. It was chock-a-block with all kinds of brand new entitlements that reached right into the middle class to make the middle class more dependent on government. It was chock-a-block with all kinds of climate change policies and so on. So it was a transformative bill. And we all owe a debt of gratitude to the 50 Republicans who stood up in unison and said no. And we should not overlook that, Jerome, because, you know, for all of Mitch McConnell's faults, he did keep the Republican caucus together in the Senate. Nobody flicked off. No Mitt Romney's. None of them flicked off and said, yeah, I might consider this. So the 50 Republicans plus the one Democrat. So this is actually a bipartisan halt to what would have been a catastrophic bill, not just economically in terms of greater inflation than what we're already seeing, but a catastrophic social bill as well. So we all owe him a huge debt of gratitude, and we should all send him a thank you note this Christmas. Oh, I think I think his uh, phone lines and the fax machines and the email inbox is probably full right now. Um, and, you know, I think... Because, like, I don't, I want to fully appreciate this moment. I mean, you know, you had a senator um, in Joe Manchin sort of probably fully realizing, I started the program today by saying I think Joe Manchin was out on this bill before Thanksgiving because a week before Thanksgiving, a poll came out of West Virginia that showed that West Virginia voters by a margin of 74% were against (laughs) the Build Back Better agenda. Um, and I, and so I, I, I fully am taking in the moment. Um, I'm a little bit creeped out that it seemed like, uh, the, the, the future of the country just sort of, and its transformation, as you mentioned, could have just hinged on one Senator. I do believe there are probably a handful of other democratic senators who were just willing for Joe Manchin to sort of be the face of the quiet, silent opposition. But I do wonder the media is embarrassing itself, and that is sort of par for the course. But I'm wondering where Democrats go from here. Um, every every poll and every survey indicates that the American uh, public, by a majority, are rejecting Joe Biden, rejecting his policies. They're re- they're rejecting everybody in his cabinet, including his vice president. And just this morning, um, the twenty first Democrat congressman is is announcing that he's not going to run for re-election a, a person named albio cyrus uh from new york um is not going to run for re-election and and that to me is just one more example of the cratering of the democrat party which i have 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 been waiting for for a very long time but i just wonder where do where do democrats go from here um moving forward now that their their legislative agenda is effectively dead on arrival. Yes, and if we assume, and I think it's a pretty safe assumption, knock wood, that Republicans (laughs) are going to control the House next year, 
um, and possibly the Senate, that without this piece of legislation, the next three years of the Biden administration are just going to be pure paralysis, which is a good thing for the country. But in terms of where the Dems go from here, I think you're going to see a lot more resignations over the holidays. You're going to see, you know, when it's a slow news cycle, Mm. or at least we assume it's going to be one, um, you're going to see a lot more Democrats saying, I'm not running for re-election because there's nothing for them to run on except failure. They can't point to this massive piece of legislation and say, see, we did this as destructive as it would have been. They've got nothing to point to. Now, never underestimate their ability to, to get around the system or at least try, Jerome. So yeah. I suspect that what they're going to try to do is peel off some of the the most critical elements of the Build Back Better bill for them and try to pass them as standalone bills, whether it's an extension of the child tax credit or some of the Green New Deal stuff. They may try to pass those as standalone (laughs) bills, um, but they have to be paid for. And so the question is, how are they going to pay for those standalone bills if they try it that way? I really do not think that the Democrats... I mean, the radicals certainly would have no problem raising taxes in an election year, but the vulnerable Democrats that still want to hang on and like their job in Congress are not going to want to vote for anything that requires raising taxes or increasing already rampant inflation on the American people. So it does seem to me that while they might try that, and they're certainly going to try this quote-unquote voting rights uh, bill, um, they're going to pivot to to some other things because they realize they've got a very short window of opportunity now now about one year before a new Congress is sworn in. Yeah, that John Lewis Voting Rights Act, um, which would nullify the the power, the constitutional power, the authority given to states um, to command and control their own elections. Um, I think I think that one's dead on arrival as well. I think Joe Manchin alluded to, to to not being able to support that one. I mean, this is sort of what I'm what I'm getting at. Um, just about every rock that you look under um, the the American people are running away from the Democrat agenda. And I spent a lot of time on Friday's program filling in for Alex Monica talking about how you know, Republicans are winning elections in places that Democrats have held power on for decades. And in even some cases, 100 years, you look at McAllen, Texas. Um, but I think Iowa has one Democrat congressman now and that state uh, is one that Nancy Pelosi had to use like a like a, a hundred year old tactic uh, to try to force a, a recount uh, to hold on to her slim majority. I just think everywhere you look, um, the American people are getting an education in why the the, the worst thing that you can do is vote for a Democrat. Um, And we've already seen, uh, again, I think probably the flashpoint election happening in Virginia and New Jersey just a couple months ago. Um, What what should the Republican Party be doing? I live here in Florida um, I, 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 I just covered Ron DeSantis here at the Jacksonville International Airport. Um, I think under his leadership, Florida has now closed the gap, Monica, of uh, in, in just a decade of an 800,000 uh, uh, voter registration margin that the Democrats had. So 10 years ago, there were more 800,000 more Democrat registered voters in Florida. And now that gap has been completely closed by Republicans. 
I see the state as sort of a blueprint, but but I'm wondering why I don't see ads running 24-7 right now today, uh, showing just how bad the, the Biden administration is is making lives for the American people and, and, and showing examples of a way forward. Like, I feel like the party could be doing more, like there should be Let's Go Brandon billboards in, in, a, in a city near you. But am I wrong? Um, but, but, but how do you see it going forward? Well, Jerome, you point out a very important point, which is that there's a reason why the Republican Party is known as the stupid <laughs> party, because they should be running these ads morning, noon and night now and capitalizing on this moment. Yeah. Look, as dangerous and dark as this moment is for the country, because the Democrats on the left really are driving it into the ground, there is a blessing in disguise here, which is that it's waking up a lot of people who maybe just sort of blindly voted Democrat their whole lives because, hey, it was the party of JFK, or hey, it was the party of Bill Clinton, or even, hey, it was the party of, yes, we can, uh, Barack <laughs> Obama, who really started the, the path of taking the Democrats into true radicalism and Marxism. But he wrapped it up in very pretty package so people didn't quite realize what was happening under Obama. But now I think they're really... Uh, waking up to the fact that the Democratic Party, like I said, is a party of Marxist revolutionaries now. It's not your father's or grandfather's Democratic Party. And the damage that they are inflicting on this country is so severe that while America is very resilient, it's going to take a lot of work. Like Trump came in and in four years turned it around. Yeah. But Trump is only one man. So whether or not he runs again, I, I don't know. But we're going to need leadership of that kind that's very strong, very tough and fearless and fighting back. Um, I, I also think, remember, during the Obama years, because Obama was so radical, the Democrats lost well over a thousand seats across mm. the country. Yeah. Everything from congressional seats to gubernatorial seats to, to your local dog catcher. Democrats <laughs> lost because people started to realize, hey, wait, you know, these people are really radical and they're changing the very nature of the country. So I think now a lot of people are waking up and there's one other element to this, which, as you point out, being in Florida is critical. And it's a really underreported story. It's the story of how, how Hispanic Americans mm -hmm. are now leaving the Democrats in droves and coming to the Republican Party. It's happening in Florida. It's happening in Texas. You mentioned McAllen and so on. It's happening in previously deep blue Hispanic dominant areas. And the Hispanic voters who are, for the most part, deeply religious. They tend to be Roman Catholic. So culturally, they're conservative. And, you know, they voted Democrat because sort of culturally, politically, that's where they were. Well, now they're changing their tune. So when they start, when it dawns on the Democrats, that all of these folks that they're letting in across the border may not be with them politically, you're going to see that border shut in record time. <laughs> trust me. I love it. But all of, all of these... Um, all of these dynamics that you're seeing are actually redounding to our benefit. So, again, you know, I'm a natural optimist, J Jerome, so I'm thinking, okay, yeah, things are looking really grim right now, but this might be a blessing in disguise, right? Like, this is all happening for a reason, and maybe the country really does need to hit rock bottom for us to regroup 
and rebuild in the way we want to, not not in the way that the left wants to rebuild as a Marxist right. utopia, but really rebuild the country based on our foundational principles. No, you're right. Uh, data is a guide, not a god, but the data is what it is. And uh, yeah, this poll uh, just out a couple of days ago, Hispanic voters show 42 point shift toward Republicans since 2018. Uh, and I mean, that is with all the fake news about how Donald Trump hated Mexicans and all the nonsense. They're blocking it out. And you're right. We're winning. We're winning the messaging war, which is weird, which is weird because the stupid party is usually not good at that. Um, Monica, <laughs> Monica Crowley, assistant secretary, uh, former assistant secretary of the U.S. Treasury under President Trump joining the program. I've been a fan. My uh, my I had a former professor. Uh, who I call my Harriet Tugman. He saved me from the liberal plantation. It, he he gave me um, just hundreds of books, and and one of them was one of 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 the books that you helped uh, create on on Richard Nixon, and it helped sort of shape my ideological um, path forward. Um, this was over 15 years ago, um, but I am wondering if you can just update the audience on any anything that you're working on that you want to tell us about. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for those very kind words, Jerome. It really means so much to me to hear that. So thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I started my career working for President Nixon during the last years of his life. And in mid-career, I was working for President Trump at the Treasury <laughs> Department. So I like to joke, you know, Nixon and Trump, man, do I know how to pick them or what? <laughs> only, only the most controversial presidents for me because they're such a challenge yeah. um, in, in a good way, in a very yeah. good way. Um, so now I'm, I'm uh, you know, back on TV. I'm doing a lot of work on Fox and Fox Business, given my Treasury background. I'm writing columns, which you can check out on my Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore on Instagram. I also post them on Twitter at Monica Crowley. So I'm writing a lot of uh, columns and doing some radio and just generally being being back in the media and trying to make sure that the American people really understand what's happening. And I think more and more they do. Monica, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure. Jerome, thank you so much. And Merry Christmas. Steve from New Jersey is our caller of the day. I really enjoyed our conversation about how Americans and other Western nations implementing an embargo on China would free the world from the grips of that dictatorial regime. I was listening to the show this morning. Your last guest was great talking about China. And uh, but the issue of the embargo does raise other concerns. If we have a total embargo, you know, the cost of, of everything's going to go up. Now, maybe that's necessary. Uh, to to uh, force the Chinese to stop using slave labor, but Americans need to understand that that fifty dollar toy that they they buy for their kid is going to be one hundred fifty dollars if it's made here, and I'm not sure the Americans have the stomach to do that because we've gotten too complacent and too used to it. Well, I don't. I I think that stomach's getting a little stronger here, just because of all the money in the market already. I do know. I mean, the supply chain also feeds into inflation. But we're already the American people are already getting an education in inflation. I I would say, Steve, I think you're right. But I think the part that that has to be mentioned is why the full embargo would be placed on China. I mean, these people are Nazis for what they're doing uh, in in Beijing. 
Um, you just have to read, that's Frances Martel, who Steve alluded to, and the reporting that she does on these NGOs actually reporting what's actually happening on the ground to these people. I mean, we're talking about the, the mass raping and forced abortions, starvation, just murders and deaths of these Muslim minorities. And like the media has just completely moved on from this story. And they're all ready to just cash in the advertising money that they're going to get for, for uh, promoting the, the Beijing Olympics in February. But like, like we'll, we'll never stop reporting it. And I think once people actually see the atrocities going on, and then you com- you compound that with the fact that I think nine in ten Americans blame China for the spread of the coronavirus and all of the death and the misery and the pain that that virus uh, uh, has caused. I don't know, Steve. I mean, I'd like to think that the American people would would probably be on board with the with the full uh, implementation of an embargo against the Nazis in Beijing if it meant that we would finally be free um, from that murderous regime. I, I think you get most of the country on board with that, but it has to be has to be articulated to them in that sober way that, look, there is no reason why the Western world should be anywhere near a place of doing regular business with with a regime that parallels far too closely with with the Nazis. That, that this world has seen. I, I mean, they, they, like, what else, what what other, par- I may be missing a parallel, but the, the fact that they have a concentration camp seems to be a very important feature. I think you're 100% correct. I think we, we should have no business with China. I remember when I was a kid, I'm 50, 51 years old now, everything was made in Taiwan. Remember that? Made in Taiwan. Made in Taiwan. They still make some everything's stuff. made in, but most of the stuff we buy is from China. And then we borrow from China. We're in debt yeah. to China of uh, how many trillion dollars? We need to stop borrowing from China. We need to stop. We need to stop uh, purchasing from China, and we need to, as one of your callers said, or maybe it was you said, stop buying the products from these companies uh, that that manufacture in China. Yeah. And I think at that point it will bring Chinese economy maybe to a halt, but more importantly. It will give us the moral, the moral high ground, because you're right. China is, is benefiting from slave labor, and not just slave labor. They are massacring, you know, the younger Muslims and, you know, their own, uh, you know, uh, uh, communist atrocities. Uh, we need to stop doing business with China 100%. But we need to also start talking about the alternatives. Where do we do business from? Are we going to bring it here? which I would love to see, or are we going to send it somewhere else? Yeah. But that yeah. plan has got to be discussed, too. What's the alternative? And where do we go? I got American parts. I got American faith. And that's a wrap. Breitbart News Daily airs every day from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. If you can't catch us there, download the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a great day. Love.